move on with your life when you've been connected with somebody. I, I want you to get your Bibles because there's something I need you to see from the Word of God. Genesis, the 29th chapter, verse number 31 through 35. Genesis, the 29th chapter, verse number 31 through 35. Something I need you to see in this. Um, I used to love that song as a child, but I didn't really understand what it meant until I got older. Uh-huh. Because it ain't till you've been in love and lost love that you understand sometimes the hardest thing to do is say, Goodbye, thank you. Let me use my towel because you know, I get the sweating and stuff and spit and hollering and carrying on. Thank you. Genesis, the 29th chapter, verse number 31 through 35. The Bible says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Mm -hmm. Verse number 33, she conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached. Everybody say attached. Attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Can we just stop right there? And I want you to notice something. She keeps, re re she keeps repeating the same cycle over and over again. Watch this. She keeps getting blessed from God, but then she tries to use her blessing. Mm -hmm. And what God did for her and in her to get something from somebody else. It reveals, ladies and gentlemen, an ugly soul tie. How do you know it's a soul tie, Pastor? Here we go. Let's go deep. Because she wants from her husband what she can only get from God. Come on, let's go into scripture. So she was named Le so she he was named Levi. Verse 35. She conceived again and when she gave birth to a son, she said, "This time I will praise the Lord." So she named him Judah. Then, everybody say then. Then, then she stopped having children. Cuz ladies and gentlemen, it is possible for wrongful relationships to create ungodly soul ties in our lives. They are ungodly when they control our souls. They are ungodly when we can turn them into idols. We need deliverance through Jesus Christ because if we don't get deliverance, our soul ties will delay or deny the destiny that's on our lives. I, I know that you're real quiet and you're kind of scared on the onslaught of this message because when you talk about soul ties, the saints get nervous. But I need you to just touch everybody you can reach around you and tell them today is going we're going to get free. 
today we're going to get free. Today we're going to get free. God brought you in here this morning for you to get delivered from every soul tie that's connected to you. But you need enough word in you to keep your freedom. You need to get free and stay free. I need somebody to declare that. I'm getting free and staying free. Come on, say it again. I'm getting free and staying free. I want to start this message by letting you understand something, that we all desire three things, three things that we all desire, acceptance, approval, and acknowledgement. We all want to be loved. We all want to be valued. We all want to be significant. That, that is every human being's desire. But what happens is, it, is that these desires can be perverted to the place that it creates an entryway for our souls. In, today, in today's time, in today's time, when you hear the word idols, we tend to think of little statues. You know, a little fat baby with the, with the big stomach and, and, you know, little goddesses that got 16 arms coming out of her. When you tend to think of idols, that's all you think about. But, but that's not biblically, that doesn't biblically define what an idol is. An idol, watch this, is anything that you worship. An idol is anything, catch this, that you give your strength, your affection, and your attention to. It is what you yield yourself, watch this, to as the priority in your life. See, it's easy, ladies and gentlemen, because you sit next to somebody that's done this, it's easy for somebody to say that they love God and they put him first. But it's in your fruit and in your actions that show the real priority that's in your life. The reason I got up out the bed, even though I'm tired, even though something hurt, even though I might be sick, and I still came to church, is because the proof is in the pudding. I didn't stay in the bed because God is my priority, and I refuse to make y'all going to get quiet on me. But when God is your priority, honey, it's easy to tithe. When God is your priority, it's easy for you to lift up your hands and open up your mouth. When God is your priority, it's easy for you to give him everything that you got. Now, I need to know, is there anybody in the sound of my voice that is making a declaration today that God is first. He is the center. He is my everything. I'm completely lost without him. I can't make it anywhere without. I wish I had a church in here and in mind throwing up your hands and say I am lost without him and he is my priority. Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. Because it's possible, ladies and gentlemen, watch this. Just because you don't have a shrine in your home does not mean that you have not built a shrine in your heart. You don't go into a little closet and say, Nam yo ho renge kion. But it don't mean that you ain't speaking every single day to the idol that's in your life. Now, what scares me is I'm sitting here and I'm looking at some of y'all and you think I'm talking about your neighbor. But just put your neighbor on notice and say, he talking about you. <laughs> he talking about the person in that seat. All us at some area in our life has an idol. And what's so scary is it is possible to worship someone or something by simply, watch this, paying too much attention to it. Yes, you can make someone a priority over God because of, watch this, unfulfilled needs in your life. An unfulfilled need in, every, in your life can be, become very dangerous because they can create places of vulnerability. Because a need will make you do some desperate things. I said a need will make you do some desperate things. Now, I got all the children now, so we're going to have grown folk talk. Is that all right? Is there anybody in here that realize that some people you slept with, when you look back at it, you must have been vulnerable? 
because you looking at yourself saying, what in the world was I thinking? Oh, God, because a need will make you vulnerable and you will do desperate things uh, when you get vulnerable, desperate things, desperate measures. You didn't want to do it. Watch this. But you felt this need to do it. A person can be an idol in your life. You spend too much of your life trying to win the attention and affection of a person more than you want to win the affection and attention of God. It creates an access point for a soul tie. When a person becomes a priority over God, then we are dealing with a soul tie because you are trying to get something out of them that they are not capable of giving you. It becomes an idol when you allow someone's opinion to determine your value. When you allow the perception to determine and validate who you are, when you yield your affection to a person more than you yield your affection to God, it is amazing that we can come in church and we ask you to lift your hands and open up your mouth and you never cry over God, but let that man walk out and you cry six months over him leaving. Is there anybody in here that say, I will go plumb crazy if I can't feel the presence of God in my life. I will lose all my sanity. You want to see me weep? You want to see me cry? Let me not be able to get in the presence of God. In fact, I need to take a pause for the cause and find out is there anybody in here that could throw your hands up and for 10 seconds open up your mouth and tell God, I need you, I need you, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I need you with every fiber of my being. I can't make it without you. I'm lost. I can't open up your mouth and say, I need you. I need you. I need you. You cry over them, but you won't cry over God. Mm, because you yield your affection to a person more than God. It has become an idol. If they never say they love you, God loves you. I'm going to say that again. If they never say they love you, God loves you. If they never approve of you, you are accepted and approved by God. So let's break down this word soul tie. Soul tie. Soul. What is the soul? It's the mind. It's the will. It's the emotions. It's the intellect. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. Now, I know that word is thrown around because a lot of times when you think in church, you think that God saved your soul. He didn't save your soul. He saved your spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's why he can save your spirit and you still be jacked up in your soul. Okay, I ain't got no real people that say, when I came to Jesus and gave him my life, uh, yeah, I thank God that he saved my spirit, but my soul was still jacked up. I still had negative thinking. I still had ways that were not pleasing to the Lord. See, y'all not with me. I need you to understand that when he saved you, he saved your spirit, but he didn't save your soul. You got to work out your soul salvation. You got to make sure that you get down into that word and let it form you and create you to be who he wants you to be. The problem is that in church, you have unrealistic expectations. You think because you came down to the altar and gave your life to Jesus Christ, then you was going to tiptoe through the tulips when you left here. But let me tell you something. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, get ready for the fight. Because you got to fight for your intellect. You got to fight your will to be right. You got to fight your emotions. You got to fight some stuff down on the inside of you. Because if you don't fight, guess what? You going to heaven, but you still going to be jacked up. Mm, Y'all don't like that right there. So let's break down the words soul tie. Soul is mind, will, emotions, and intellect. But the word tie means to attach, to bind, to fasten. Watch this. But it also means, catch this, to restrain from an independence or freedom of action or choice, to constrain by authority, influence, agreement, or obligation. Because, watch this, there are good soul ties and then there are bad soul ties. 
uh, when you come into this church and I become your pastor, that is a good soul tie. Because watch this, we are now trying to push each other to be the greatest that we can be. But there are relationships that you can get into that can be bad soul ties. Soul ties exist because God wanted us to have godly bonds. Everybody say godly bonds. A healthy place where nurturing and love can flow. A place where I can be safe and secure with you. That, that's the intention of God. I'm free to be me. You're free to be you. And we are us together. We, 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 so we are independent and interdependent at the same time. Am I going too fast for y'all? I, I am independent, but I, we are interdependent at the same time. Just because I hook up with you don't mean I've lost my identity. Just because I got with you don't mean I stopped being a person. Oh, God, deliver us from getting in relationships where all of a sudden we don't know who we are anymore. That we get so wrapped up in the people that we no longer have an identity of who God made us to be. Listen, if you walk off and leave me tomorrow, I still got to be me at the end of the day. And is there anybody here that say, if you're going to be with me, you got to know the real me, not the fake me, not the phony me, not the put on me, but you got to know who I really am. Independence and interdependence at the same time. I'm good alone. I'm whole alone, you're good alone, you're whole alone, however, we're better together. Amen. Touch your neighbor, say, we're better together. Amen. Look at the neighbor on the other side, say, we're better together. Amen. That's God's way. There is divine exchange and a mutual benefit that takes, takes us both to a better place. Because when we hook up, watch this, this is how you know if it's God, when we hook up, there should be a benefit and a blessing. When you come into someone's life or they get into your life, they should come as a benefit and a blessing. That's how you know it's from God, because there will be a beneficial, mutual beneficial uh, 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 symbiotic thing that's going on and blessing at the same time. The blessings of God make it rich and addeth no sorrow. That means if there's sorrow, that ain't a blessing. That means sometimes you get with a curse. I wish I, 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 some of y'all are killing me today because you acting like this ain't you, but you need to just go ahead and get free and say, I made some bad decisions and I hooked up with some cursed people in my life that when I got with them, all hell broke loose in my life. Am I talking to anybody? Y'all gonna sit here like a bump on a pickle, like you don't know exactly what I'm talking about? Chantel, there's some people that come straight from hell. Wish I had, okay, all right, okay. It is God's desire for benefit and blessing, but the, here's what the enemy does. The enemy comes to counterfeit and corrupt, to pervert that what God has designed as pure, to, to get you so bound up by the yoke of the enemy that it brings you into, watch this, disorder. How do I know? Because when you look back, you have to admit that you didn't fall in love, you fell in into lust. Can we just be real? Some of y'all just, oh, I get it, you still with them. Oh, thank you, Lord, I get it. So you got to look straight ahead because you don't want to admit that that really wasn't love, all that was was a lust. Got you. I got you. Okay, thank you, Lord. I got you. Watch this. They, they, oh, they were, they were there for me. They weren't there for you. They were just the only ones there. Because you cut everybody off when you got with them. No wonder why they looked like they were there for you. Ooh, 
I need you to touch somebody. Give somebody a high five. Say, we're going to get free today. We're going to get free today. They was there for me. Boo, you cut everybody off. Wasn't nobody else there. Ooh, I'm fighting a big demon today. But when God joins it together, it's for the benefit of destiny. But when the enemy comes, to, it is to deceive. It is to bring that yoke and to pull you from the purpose of God. And it leaves you with a feeling, watch this, of a, a feeling of conflict on the inside because of the pull. This is why we are struggling to make right decisions in our life. Because the conflict we have, uh, um, have are areas of vulnerability. So nice people can come to you. Good quality people can come to you and you look at them and call them lame. But the worst person can come, for, come to you and you fall in love with them. Because you are making decisions, watch this, because there is something in your past that you're trying to fix now. Oh God, help me. You, can, can, can I just have a real conversation for a minute? You got with them, not because you really liked them, you got with them is because you was trying to find and fix your father. You allowed it in your life because you're trying to fix the abandonment issues of your mother. So just in case you don't know, let me, let me give you some clues, some clues to know if you have a soul tie. Just some clues. This is not all inclusive, but this is, this is a few of them, some clues that, that you have uh, uh, some soul ties. Um, I'm going through this quickly. Your mood shifts based on their presence or absence. They are constantly on your mind. You have difficulty making decisions without that person's input or approval. You always consider the person's reactions or thoughts when you are making decisions. Uh, you stalk them. You stalk them on social media. You, you ain't outside in some bushes, but you on your, your phone. You cannot stop seeing them or having sex with them. You stay with them even if the relationship is unhealthy. You stay with them despite family and friends' protests. Everybody ain't no hater, honey. Sometimes they just see something that you don't see. Number nine, you think about them sexually even after you are married to somebody else. Is this too strong for y'all this morning? Number 10, you are willing to do anything to make the relationship work. The reason why your neighbor got quiet is because they found themselves in one of those 10. Here's what I've discovered. It's hard to break a soul tie because it's hard to get away from anything that damaged your soul but pleased your flesh. Because it is possible to love what you hate. So, Pastor, come on, let's go. We're going quickly. Soul ties are formed. I want to show you how soul ties are formed. They are formed, number one, write this down, through trauma. Trauma. Abuse. Some type of trauma happened in the relationship. 
and you are tied and connected to that person. Hate to bust your bubble, you don't have to have sex with somebody to have a soul tie with them. Through trauma. What's another way you can have a soul tie? Come on, how does it come? It comes through time. Time. You spend time with someone and you become emotionally connected to them. Mm-hmm. At one point you thought it was cute that y'all could answer, everybody, answer your, um, the other person's sentence. We know how to finish each other's sentences. That's cute. Until they are hundreds of miles away and you can't figure out why you feel the way you do. Because you're still tied to them. You spent so much time with them. And just in case you weren't sure of trauma or time, the last one, it comes through uh, touch. Touch. Uh-huh. If you can transfer, if you can get a sexually transmitted disease through sex, what you think happens in the spirit? I wish you would fight me with this message today. Mm-hmm. HIV wasn't the only thing you needed to be concerned about. Herpes wasn't the only thing you needed to be concerned about. There was something that was going on in the spirit realm. Here you are prospering, got with somebody broken, and can't figure out why you can't pay your bills. Oh, it's getting rocky right through here. Had all kind of peace. Got with them, and all of a sudden, peace just gone. Because in the spirit realm, there's an exchange that happens. And your souls get knitted together, and what's on them gets on you, and what's on you gets on them. The only problem is you are fool enough to think that you are that powerful, that you can overcome what's on them. Ooh. Trauma. Time. Touch. That's how they get in there. I thank you for your silence this morning. What is God's answer for ungodly soul ties? All human souls must be, watch this, counterbalanced by a greater love for Jesus Christ. Getting ready to say something real strong? You're not going to like it. It is okay. Don't date someone who doesn't love God more than they love you. Don't marry someone who doesn't love God more than they love you. Don't be pastored by anybody that doesn't love God more than they love you. Because I made up in my mind, if the ministry leaves today, I still got to have my relationship with Jesus Christ. So I got to love him more than I love you. Because sometimes you need to see in a person, if you lose everything, do you still love God? Mm -hmm. If your heart's been broken, do you still love God? If she, if she left you, do you still love God? Because whoever you yoke yourself to, they have to love God greater than you. Because when trouble comes, look at your neighbor and say, because it's coming. When hard times come to test a relationship, if that person doesn't have a greater relationship with God, you are going to be in a hopeless situation. Why? Because when we love God greater than, I, than they love you, watch this. When I love God greater than I love you, I can go to him and then he can go to you because Jesus makes the difference in the relationship. But if I can't go to him about you, then I'm out there by myself. 
Because when I love God more than I love you, God will get me in course correction. When I love God more than, than, than I love you, then God will get me in alignment and he, God will straighten me out. I don't have to fuss and fight with you for days on end. If we both got a relationship with God, I can just go to your daddy and tell your daddy, you see what he's doing to me? You see, you see, you see, you see what she said? You see, you see? Now, here we go. This is going to get deep, and I might lose all my amens. That's fine. If you think, that's fine. Um, but I need you to stay engaged. This is hard for those. This right here is hard for those who grew up with daddy issues. I need to go through this door, and I need you to hear this, because you search out what you think you miss the most. Now let's get back to the text. Leah had a soul tie that became an idol that created repeat cycles in her life because she's going after something that leaves her empty and never satisfies her. That's why after all your efforts, you still end up in empty because you have to sever the soul tie. And here's the problem, you can't sever what you don't see. Why do we create six cycles in our lives? Watch this, I need you to hear this. Where there is a wound or an injury in your soul, it leaves you vulnerable. And where there is vulnerability, there is an entrance of the enemy to create an ungodly soul tie that eventually becomes an idol in your life. So if you wanna fr be free, you gotta discover where is the wound or the injury that happened in my life. Now I believe in counseling, I believe in therapy. I thank God for it. But there are some things that are so deeply embedded in you that you don't even know where the injury happened. And that's why, Christians, you need the Spirit of God to reveal to you where the injury was so that you can apply healing in that place. Because you will keep putting Band-Aids on things that are actually broken. God, I wish I had somebody right there. You will keep only dealing with the symptoms, but you'll never get to the root of that thing. I'm getting ready to declare something. I hope you can jump on this with me if you can. But I came to declare over my life and everybody that's tied to me in 2020, no repeat cycles. I refuse to repeat another cycle in my life. I can't stand for another year to look like last year and the year, I wish I had somebody right there. I need somebody in here to lift up your hands and tell the Lord, no repeat cycles. I refuse to go through the same thing over and over and over again. I need you to declare that. Somebody lift your hands and say, no more repeating the cycle. No more. I'm going forward in my life. No more repeat cycles. No more going through the same thing over and over again. No more dating the same person again and again. Oh, it's not the same person. Yes, it is. <sighs> same script, different cast. You keep dating the same person over and over again. Watch this, because you're putting band-aids on things that are broken. I need somebody to declare, this is my year of wholeness. You need to say that with some, some, some strength behind it. Say, this is my year of wholeness. 
I'm going to be what God says I have the right to be. I'm, I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm delivered. See, I need you to fight against your flesh because your flesh is trying to convince you you don't need to say that out your mouth. But you, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Open your big mouth and say, this is my year of wholeness. I am healed. I am whole. I am delivered. I'm not lacking anything. I ain't got to run after anybody. I am healed. I am whole. I am delivered. And whoever comes in my life got to come as a benefit. Whoever comes in my life got to come as a blessing. Whoever comes in my life got to come to add something and not just take away. I'm not going through the cycle of everybody just taking from me and I get nothing out of the deal. The devil is a liar. This is my year of wholeness. I'm working harder than y'all saying amen. You have to ask the spirit of God, take me back to the place of the injury. Where is the injury? Because wherever the injury is, there's vulnerability. Leah has to ask herself, why do I want Jacob's love so bad? I keep having these babies by him. Why do I want Jacob's love so bad? Where is the place that creates this cycle? Let me give you some background for the text. Leah is the, oldest, the older daughter of Laban. And she is given to Jacob as his wife deceitfully. Some of y'all don't know this, but Jacob is a deceiver. And whatever you sow in life, you're going to reap in life. Don't think you're so good that you're going to get away with it. Whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. So the con gets con. Jacob, who was this deceiver, ran into a bigger deceiver. And he runs to Laban and says, you got that, that girl out there, Rachel. I want it. And so what, 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 you, what, what, what I need to do? Well, work for me seven years. He worked seven years for Rachel. And on a honeymoon night, got him so drunk, he slept with somebody, but he wasn't sure who it was. Got up the next morning to only find out it was Leah and it was not Rachel. And the Bible calls Leah tender-eyed. I don't know exactly what that means, but her eyes were tender. <laughs> Jacob worked seven years for Laban's daughter, Rachel, but is given Leah. And here is the injury. Jacob doesn't value Leah because he really wanted Rachel. But her daddy Laban doesn't value her either because he pawned her off and didn't think nothing of her. This is significant. This is familiar for every person that doesn't feel that they have significance, value, or validation from the person that you love the most. This is familiar to the person who was told they were born an accident. This is familiar to every person, I'm working, whose, whose siblings were treated better than you. This is why the enemy tried to mess you up early, because he knew what was in you is greater than what happened to you. But if you ever figured that out, so we got to keep you in bondage to what happened to you. Because if he can take your spiritual identity, he can keep you living in a cycle of brokenness, and then you will never become who God created you to be. But God brought you in freedom this morning. I need some Holy Ghost right through here. God brought you in freedom this morning so that you can get free. That what you are bound in in your 20s, you won't be bound in in your 80s. I need somebody in here to, de to decide I am not going to keep living the same story that I've told myself for years and years and years. I'm breaking out of this cycle. I need to find out is there anybody in here on the count of three that you can give God the best praise that you can because you're getting ready to break out of this cycle. I need to find out, is there anybody in here that can give them praise? Come on, one, two, three, give God the... Come on, break out the cycle.
break out the cycle. Hold it. I need you to touch. Don't touch somebody that's sitting there like they looking like they lost, like they don't know what I'm talking about. Because there's some people that come to church but don't want to be free. I need you to grab somebody by the hand that really want to be free and tell them, say, neighbor, whatever had you bound before today, it ends right now in Jesus' name. Give God the best praise. Break the cycle in your life. Break the cycle. Open up your mouth. I'm breaking it today. I refuse to be bound any longer. I gotta work. I gotta work. I gotta work. Some of you don't mind being bound because bound gives you your definition. But I need somebody here that say, I'm getting a new definition on the day. What was old is going to be passed away. And behold, all things become new. God is going to make me new in him today. Watch this. Watch this. I got to work this. I got to work this. I, I got to work this. You got to find the place of injury. You got to find the entry point. You got to look and see where it's at. You got to ask God, God, show me where the entry point is. Come on. The lack of affection from your mother. Because she actually wanted a boy, but you came out a girl. You got to find the entry point. Yes, that created an injury in your soul. Can we talk this morning? The bullying of your classmates in elementary school injured your soul, and now you live like a loner because your soul is, has been injured. Because often the problems we live out in our adulthood were created in our early years of our childhood. The messages of your childhood are still dictating decisions in your adulthood. That's why we have to go back and replace the false messages with the true message. Because every lie, every myth, every label, every word curse that was spoken over your life has to be broken in order for you to move forward in your life. They might not have wanted me, but I know somebody that did. They might have rejected me, but I know somebody that loved me with an unconditional love. And that's why I'm in church and giving God the glory because I got to break all the word curses over my life. I got to break it. Let me work this. Let me work this. Let me work this. Leah wants to be loved, wants the love of Jacob so bad because of the love she did not get from her father. She's trying to fix in her adulthood what went wrong in her childhood. She wants to fix now what she didn't get then. Somebody told you you were stupid, and now you got four degrees. How many degrees do you have to get in order to feel like you're not stupid? When are you going to stop trying to prove something to somebody? Come at home, boy. I'm talking to you, too. You grew up poor. You were made to feel ashamed. Now you spend what you don't have to impress people you don't like. Because you're trying to prove something to somebody because you're trying to fix now what happened then. And the sad part is, we start looking for relationships, watch this, to complete us. There was a quote from a movie, I think it was Jerry Maguire, you complete me, the devil is a liar. Watch this, relationships were designed to complement you, not complete you. That's why we go hiding in some relationships, because they don't compliment us. 
communion. You, you, you want to, you're trying to make the relationship to complete you, and the only person that completes you is God. Standing at that altar telling them lies. I was nothing without you, and when I found you, the devil is a liar. I turn around and walk away, because I need you to be something before I get with you. Okay. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't like that. Watch this. Watch this. Because if they can complete you, what happens when they fall apart? When they fall apart, now you fall apart. No, we complement each other. You bring your best, I'll bring my best, and together we are best, better together. The relationship is to enhance you, not to fix you. And maybe the reason why there are people running from you is because you put too much pressure on them to fix you. They were never designed to fix you. They were designed to enhance you. So if you got problems with loneliness being single, you're going to have problems with loneliness being married because marriage don't fix it. You got to come already. All right. Let's go. It's okay. It's okay. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. God... Um, God has to come in and untie the soul. And so you must identify the inconsistent messages and the lies from the enemy. God intended, let me, let me teach just for a little bit because I need you to hear this. God intended that your spirit man to have dominion to rule over your carnal man. Your spirit man should have dominion over your carnal man. Your spirit man, your spirit should have dominion over your carnal man. But the dysfunctional soul, the mind, will, emotions become carnal. What's, what's carnality? Carnal. Everything in man that is not under the control of the Holy Spirit by yielding it out of your spirit. Because you can love God and not yield your soul to the Holy Spirit. You can love God and not yield your soul to the Holy Spirit. You can love God and still have a nasty attitude. You can love God and still can't speak to people. You can love God and still be rude, nasty, mean, inconsistent, unfaithful. You can love God. That is why Paul said, I have to beat my body and bring it into subjection to the Holy Spirit. You have to tell your flesh, you're going to have to line up today. You got to tell your feelings, you're going to line up today. You have to yield it to the Holy Spirit so that you can change the message. Because the message will not change until you yield it to the Holy Spirit. This is why I've discovered after nine years of pastoring that you can preach to people every single Sunday. But if they don't yield themselves to the power of the Holy Spirit, no change will ever happen. That's why your, your neighbor got something and you didn't get nothing. Because they came in church and they said, God any way you want to bless me, I'll be satisfied. So when the preacher asks me to lift my hands, I ain't going to sit there with my arms folded, looking mean and nasty. No, I'm going to say, yes, God, whatever you're trying to do, go ahead and do it. And you can switch churches. And you can go find you a bishop and an apostle, a prophet and a potentate, and nothing's going to change it because you refuse to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. The only way that the message can be changed is you got to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Now here's the problem. I want to kind of dig, dig down in this. Are y'all all right? What are the messages that we have received in our brokenness? What are the messages that we have received in our injury? What are the messages that we have to change? I got four of them for you. Here's the first message. It's going to get real deep in here. 
The first message that we received is, I love you, but go away. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I was putting this together, the Lord undressed me really good to where I was uncomfortable with what I'm getting ready to say. And um, so I want you to just, just receive what the Holy Ghost got for you today. The message that we received was, I love you, but go away. In other words, there was a person in your life that was warm and loving and hostile and rejecting. In other words, there was no consistency. So that is what leads you to be attracted to a person that is loving one moment and hostile and rejecting the next. Because you play your childhood all over again. The only consistency you know is inconsistency. So what happens with a person like this is you adapt to being comfortable in chaos. Everything stays more in chaos than in peace. And if you don't have chaos, you will subconsciously create chaos. Everything's fine, and all of a sudden you want to go through a phone. I know you don't see me coming. That's fine. I want to keep you on the edge of your seat. Because you have to subconsciously create chaos. Because the only way that you know how to function is in chaos. I love you, but go away. Here's the second message. The second message is, you can't do anything right, but I need you. You can't do anything right, but I need you. This is where you can never meet the standards of a parent or authority in your life. They created these standards of perfection that no matter how hard you try, it was never enough. You never made your bed good enough. You never looked good enough. Made six A's and one B, and it still wasn't good enough. No matter how hard you tried, it was never good enough because you were never good enough, but, but, you kept, but they kept you around. So it never validated you. So you start to believe that everything that goes wrong, it must be your fault. If they're keeping me around, but I can't do anything right, all the things that's wrong must be my fault. And then you fall into victimization. You were needed, but you feel inadequate. So you struggle to always fix things. You now have to be in control of everything. You fix all things. And when things don't get fixed, you break it just so you can feel needed. You are constantly trying to deal with broken things in order for you to fix them. Because you need to be needed. You are drawn to people who are overly dependent and highly critical. It's getting real quiet right through here. You take the abuse because that's what you used to. Here's the third message. Third message is this. Come on, let's go. I'll be there for you next time. Come here. So you learn not to want. And so when you learn not to want, you learn not to want so you won't be disappointed. You become detached. Hello, freedom. This causes you to be tired, resentful, and ultimately angry. You're in a relationship, but you're always angry. And you don't even know why. Because you don't know, watch this, you know why you're angry? Because you don't know how to speak up for yourself or what you desire. Mm -hmm. 
you carry everyone you're in a relationship with. And the only way that you'll be happy, it's going to get real quiet and I don't care. The only way that you're going to be happy is if somebody reads your mind. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, no such thing. Let me go deeper. And what makes you so unsettled is ever asking for anything. Why? Because you got two fears. Here's your two fears. Number one, asking for it and not getting it because it reinforces that you're not worthy. But number two, if you ask for something and you actually get it, it's so unfamiliar that you don't know how to handle it. Girl, that's cute. This whole thing. You don't know what to do with a compliment. So when the brother come and try to talk to you and hit on you, out of your dysfunction, you respond. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, it's getting quiet in here. Where was all that praise? Where was all that hallelujah? Watch this. And you're only happy in relationships with a fantasy hero. Until you find out that your hero got flaws. And then you get disappointed all over again. Honey, you are in a cycle. It's the message that you are living out. Is this helping anybody? Number four, last message, everything is fine, don't worry, but how can I deal with all this? They told you as a child everything was okay, but you had an underlying, you, you had an underlying sense that everything was not okay. So the result is that you develop this idea that you have to be a superhero. You grew up always trying to fix your mama. Because as long as you tried to make her feel better, then you felt better. So she told you wasn't nothing wrong, but underneath all that, you felt the tension in the air. Is this getting too deep for y'all? You can and you will take care of everything. So you take charge. You believe, watch this, and it, it makes you grow up with this sense of that you believe that you can control life. You become an overachiever. You're highly independent. You have something to prove. You have to be in control. And when you can't control life, come here, it makes you fall completely apart. And what somebody can handle with flying colors, you break into a million pieces. Because it's a message somewhere. I need everybody in here. I don't need no music, but I need you to lift your hands. And for 30 seconds, I need you to open your mouth and create a space for God to deliver you right where you are. I need you to open your mouth. Come on, I need you to open your mouth. Come on. There's some messages in me, God. There's some things that happened in my childhood. You are the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I need this broken. I need the message that I have been, li been living off of, this thing that has been down in me, that has detoured me. God, I need you to break it on today. Come on, I need you to open your mouth, because God need to do surgery on somebody today. You need a healing on today, because there's something that you've been living out that has broken you, but I decree and declare that by the time you leave this place today, you are not leaving broken, but you're leaving whole. You're leaving put back together again, that God is going to condemn every thought 
every word, every curse that has been spoken over your life that you have believed, I decree and declare that the Holy Ghost is surrounding you now. He's putting your mind back together. He's putting your emotions back together. He's putting your heart back together. Come on, freedom. I need you to open your mouth and bless him for what God is getting ready to do in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a message that the enemy has deceived me with all these years, but I decree and declare it's going to break today. So, Pastor, how do you break the soul tie? I'm tied up to somebody, and I don't even see them no more. I'm tied up to somebody who will never say they sorry. I am tied up in my soul, and I never slept with them. I need this soul tie broken. How do you break a soul tie? Come on, let's go. Number one, pray and confess. Now, I know you want a natural answer, but this ain't a natural situation. This happened spiritually. So you need a spiritual answer. I'm sorry, you burning sage in your house ain't gonna fix this. I'm sorry. Stink up the whole house. It's not going to change nothing that's happening in your soul. You don't believe me? Let me prove it to you. Because if you believe that God made you and he put his spirit on the inside of you, then this is a spiritual thing that's happening. This is not natural. So stop trying to fix it with natural things that you saw for Facebook. Because it's not going to change you. You got to confess and pray. You got to pray and confess. How can you be free from something if you don't acknowledge it and confess it? The problem is, church people have learned, watch this, how to hide our sin, how to brush it under the rug, but the only way you can be free from something is when you acknowledge it. You have to shine light on the darkness. And when you confess it, you are bringing it into the light. Let me show it to you this way. James 5, verse number 16. Therefore, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You first want to confess your sins to God. Watch this. Because he's the one that you're repenting to. He is the one who can break the soul tie. He is the one that you're going to ask to remove this soul tie from your life. But the Bible says if we confess our sins to one another and pray for one another, that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In other words, there is power in confessing to God, but there is also power in confessing to someone, watch this, who can hold you accountable. You need someone in your life 
that you can be transparent to the place that they can pray for you, pray, watch this, for your real struggle. Now, I'm going to go somewhere, and you're not going to like this, because this is what y'all have trained yourself to do. Watch this, because when you ask somebody, just pray for me, honey, I don't know what I'm praying for. The reason why you keep getting general blessings is because you ask for general prayers. But you don't feel comfortable enough with anybody that can look at what's really on the inside of you and say, you know you got a problem, right? You know what I've noticed? In this generation, anytime I've been pastoring nine years as a senior pastor, I pastored for seven years as a youth pastor. And you know what I've noticed? I noticed that whenever you start really as a pastor hitting on somebody's real problem, they will get missing. Watch this. That's when the spirit of offense comes in. Because when I start hitting on what's really wrong with you, now the enemy convinces you there's offense there. Ain't offense. I see what's really going on. But can you handle somebody looking at you and say, you know you got a problem, right? Watch this. And here's the issue. You can never get delivered or, watch this, excuse me, you can never have somebody to keep you accountable if all you surround yourself with is broken people just like you. This is this, this a little rough. This is a little rough. This a little rough. But the reason why some of us ain't never getting delivered is because when you get somebody that is delivered, you now become intimidated by them. And you shun them out instead of opening yourself up so they can say, you know what? I see what's in you, but I see what's greater in you. And I'm going to speak to the greater person in you. So we don't like. We don't like that. We want to fake the funk. We want people around us that we can look down on. Because if you're the only strong person in your circle, you need a new circle. No reason why you, so, no wonder why you're so tired. Because you're trying to hold everybody else up. Sometimes you need to get around people that can hold you up. Okay, watch this. Watch this. This is hard. Surround yourself with people. This is hard if you surround yourself with people of the same dysfunction. How are they going to talk about your drinking problem if, if everybody else turning up with you? The blind leading the blind. Mm -hmm. You need someone that can look, that you can look up to, that can look beyond your facade and see your future. Go to God in repentance. Ask him to remove his soul tie that you have in your life. Ask God to take his rightful place in your life. I don't want this soul tie. I don't want this to be a hindrance in my walk. Pray to God to lose it and set you free. If there's any other openings in my life, if there's any other doors that I have opened in my life, because let me be very clear with you, when you have soul ties, it opens the door to many other things. And you got to find out where are the doors that I've opened up along the way. There was brokenness over here, but as time went on, I opened up more doors for more brokenness. You got to remove those things from your life. Here we go. I'm getting deeper. Here's number two. Number two is this. You got to cut off lines of communication. <laughs> cut off lines of communication. Stop asking me or anybody else to pray for something you won't cut off. You got to cut off lines of communication. 
You don't want to keep hanging out with the person that you have the soul tie with if you're trying to break it. Because if you continue in the relationship, more than likely you will build a soul tie again and fall into sin again. You got to cut off communication. I just got to cut them off. It's amazing how your cutoff spirit is so good on somebody that get on your nerves. But your cutoff spirit is gone when it's somebody that's detrimental to your development. You, you're not hearing me. They are detrimental to your development, and now you won't cut that off. But your mama, you'll cut her off. I need somebody here to just lift up one hand and say, help us, Lord. Help us today, Lord. Watch this. I'm going to give you Bible. You ain't got to take my word for it. Let me give you Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Look what the Bible says. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You want to be free, but you keep hanging around the same people. Once you break the soul tie, you have to cut off lines of communication with them. Let me help you. You shouldn't be stalking them on social media. You might need to delete their phone number out your phone. Mm -hmm. See, you know the link back to them. You know what the link is. You know what it is. You know how you do. You don't know how you do? Let me tell you how you do. So what you do is you, uh, you get mad at them, and you say you're done, right? But then when you get lonely, then you start creeping on their Insta stories because you know they look to see who watched them videos. So you want them to see that, they, that you've been watching them. But you ain't going to make your move yet. you just going to watch from a distance. You're taking every picture and expanding it to see who all there and who's in the background. I need you to touch three people around and say, be free today. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Inch eye, private eye. Be free in Jesus' name. You got to cut off communication. Because sometimes communication means you, they ain't talking to you. You reaching for them. Mm. Here we go. You got to use wisdom and have the final conversation that needs to be had. Listen, I'm calling you to let you know that God has revealed some things in my life. And I understand now that I'm not good for you. You're not good for me. So we need to end this and separate this now. I pray that the Lord bless you real good. That heaven may smile upon you. And I want you to know that I wish the best for you, but I wish better for me. See, y'all don't, see, okay, okay. And that's why we stay bound. Because you want more for them than you want for your own doggone self. But is there anybody in here that say, I wish the best for me. I went through all that hell with them. I wish the best for me. And if I got to cut off communication in order to be free, let me do what I got to do. Here we go. Because I refuse to fall into the same trap. They got me tied up the last time. Read my point back to me. Number one is what? Number two, here's number three, and I'm done. Get rid of related objects. No, you don't want to be free. You want to hold your purse together. You don't want to be free. 
You want to keep the ring. You don't want to be free. You want to keep that necklace. You don't want to be free. You still got the note in the box up in the closet. You don't want to be free. I wish you would play this game with me today. I wish you would. I want to be free, but you keeping every memorabilia so that every now and again you can go back down memory lane and you only go back down memory lane when the present ain't better than what you thought was the past. You got to get rid of every related object, objects that, you rem that remind you of this person, objects that were gifted to you by this person, gifts that were given, notes that were written, pictures or clothes that you would wear around that person. Things that if you, that if you, that, watch this, things that if you came across them in your house, it brings up memories and takes you back to a place because you had a soul tie. Because you don't need to conjure up memories if you're trying to break off a soul tie. When you're trying to break a soul tie, you don't need to remember what, where you went and what you did with them. Because, watch this, it will build up a desire to go back to it. You don't, you don't believe me? Okay, let me put it like this. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, God, 400 years in Egypt, God delivers them, brings them out, brings across the Red Sea. They wandering in the wilderness trying to get to the promise. God has promised them that he has a land for them flowing with milk and honey. And while they out there, all of a sudden, while they out there, they start saying to, uh, to, to themselves, it was better for us back in Egypt. Because in Egypt, at least we had le uh, leeks and onions. We could, we could eat leeks and onions. In Egypt, you had to work for your food. But in the wilderness, God is providing for you manna and quail every single day of your life. But when God brings you out of something, all of a sudden, the residue of where you came from wants to creep back up and pull you back. And watch this, and you will over-fantasize Egypt. Egypt was hell. Egypt was hell. And here you are remembering the good parts of Egypt, but you don't even remember the bad parts of Egypt. Is there anybody in here that's made up in your mind, if I'm going to cut this soul tie, I refuse to go back to what God delivered me out of. I'm not going back to it. You going back to Egypt. For what? Ain't nothing back there for you. Watch this. You got to get rid of all related objects in your life during the season of, of cutting soul ties. You got to clean your house. You got to get your house in order. Get rid of reminders, love notes, text messages that's still in your phone to this, type, to this day. Pictures that's in your phone. When people were in idolatry, God would tell them, watch this, because this ain't pastor, God would tell them, remove any unclean thing from you. When they were in idolatry, he would tell them, remove any unclean thing from them. You don't believe me. 2 Corinthians 6, chapter, verse number 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. 
touch no unclean thing. And if you do that, I will receive you. I don't know who I came for today. But that person became an idol in your life. You don't want to admit it. You want to act like you're stronger than it. But you were connected to something that was unclean. God is trying to free you from a soul tie. You have to cut off anything that is toxic. Hmm. And here's the thing. When God is trying to cut off and loosen the, the soul tie, there's something else that he's trying to do at the same time. He's trying to untie you from the soul tie but heal where the tie was. Because what good is it to loosen you for somebody to come along and touch where it has not been healed? God brought you in here today because there's some soul ties in your life. I'm going to switch to this other microphone. Where's the, that one right there? There's some soul ties in your life that you need to get you have carried for too long. And God wants to deliver you today. The reason why you're still making bad decisions, the reason why you're still going in the wrong direction, the reason why you're still held captive because you're tied up. This ain't a sexual thing only. This is an emotional thing. Some of you are tied up in your mind. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying there's freedom in the house. But you got to want it today. I preached out of my soul. Out of my heart. Because I believe that God wants to deliver somebody. talking to you and freedom is your portion I don't need you to hesitate I don't need you to wait I don't need you to look at your neighbor get up out your seat and meet me on this altar God wants to free you today Lift your hands, sing that there is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, there is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on.
on, sing it from your soul. There is power. To break every chain. 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 Yes, God, break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. I need you to lift your hands. Here's what I need you to do. Right where you are, I need you to ask the Holy Spirit to take you back to the place of the injury. I need you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you whether it was in your childhood, whether it was in your adulthood, whether it was in your teenage years, the thing that was spoken over your life, the way that you were made to feel. Your mother, your father, they, they're not, it's not that they're bad people. Sometimes scarred people, all they can do is scar other people. But I need you to ask the Holy Spirit to take you back to the moment you were bullied, the moment you were felt made to feel less than. The moment they called you fat, the moment they said awful things to you, the moment that somebody who was supposed to love you abused you. I need you to ask the Holy Spirit to take you back to that place of rejection. The parent who should have been there but was not there the person that was supposed to love you but didn't love you. I need you to ask the Holy Spirit to take you back there. I know it's painful. I know it hurts. I know you don't want to face it, but you can't conquer what you don't confront. God wants you to conquer it on today. I need you to go to that place, that place of injury, the place that you were wounded in your soul and in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions. I need you to go back to that place and with your hands lifted up, come on, you're lifting your hands as a symbol to God. You're telling God, heal that place, heal that place, heal that place. I can't carry this any longer. I can't go anymore like this come on I need you to tell the Lord heal that place right there right there that place a painful place come on I love my mother but she hurt me I love my father but he hurt me my father wasn't there for me come on I need you to come on let the Lord in let the Holy Spirit go right to that place right there right there right there that's it come on come on the Holy Spirit is moving he's bringing you to that place come on hallelujah hallelujah the place of injury, the place of injury, the place of injury. Hallelujah. Come on. Mm. Mm. Come on. Hallelujah. God says, I got to break you, but I got to take you back. Hallelujah. I hear you, Lord. This is what I hear the Lord saying. That from that place of injury, you have made decisions for your life out of that broken place. You just wanted somebody to love you. You wanted somebody to be there for you like that person should have been there for you. You wanted somebody to hold you 
because your daddy never held you. Come on, let's go here. So you allowed yourself to be touched by people who were not equipped to love you. And now it's opened the door to disappointment. It's opened the door to rejection. Hallelujah. Come on. But I hear the Lord saying, let me heal that place right there. Right there. I need you to lift your hands and stretch them all the way up to God. Come on. You're not stretching them as if you are weak and depleted. But the joy of the Lord is getting ready to be your strength. That place of healing. I hear the Lord saying, I am a master healer. I'm going to heal that place in your heart. I'm going to heal that place in your mind. I feel you, God. I'm going to heal that place that's been broken. I'm going to heal that place that you thought that could never be healed. I'm going to step back 20 years into your past. I'm going to step back 30 years into your past. I'm going to step back and erase and rectify everything that happened to you. You shall be whole. You shall be whole. You shall be delivered. You will be set free in Jesus' name. Now open up your mouth and worship God to the place of your healing. Worship God to the place of your victory. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you're in the audience, I need you to stand to your feet. I feel the Holy Ghost. I need worship to go out of this place. He's healing now. He's healing now. Not another broken relationship. Not a bro another broken relationship. I'm going to fix your family through you. I'm going to fix your family through you. You might have come from brokenness, but you will not create brokenness any longer. Be healed. Be delivered. Be set free. Yes, God. Yes, God. I hear the change. They're falling off your mind. They're falling off your mind. They're falling now. Come on, I hear. I need you to go through a moment of repentance for every door that you allow to be open. It came in as a soul tie, but now you've opened the door to depression. You've opened the door to low self-esteem. You've opened the door to settling beneath what God has for you. You've opened the door to control and manipulation. I need you to repent before God now. I'm sorry for every door that I allowed to be open. I'm sorry for every time that I got deeper and deeper into this. Come on, I repent before you now, God. I hurt some good people in my life because hurt people hurt people. I injured other people with my mouth because I was broken on the inside and couldn't tell nobody. Come on, let's have real talk. 
I made decisions that were not best for me or for my children because I was living in my brokenness. So I repent before you now, God. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's go deeper. So now I pray that you give me the strength to cut off who I need to cut off, to end what relationships I need to end. I can't keep holding on to my past while you're trying to take me into my future. So right now, here we go. In your presence, I let them go out of my spirit. Come on. I let them. I release them out of my spirit. How do you release them? I forgive them. Hey, I forgive them. I forgive them. Come on. I need you to say it. I forgive them. I release them out of my spirit. I forgive them. I can't keep dragging this stuff with me any longer. I release them out of my spirit. And God, I pray right now that you give us the strength, the ability to go home and clean our house. That we let go of any of the vestiges of the past. That we release it now. Any memory that's going to drug up that soul tie. We put it in the trash today. And we release it now. We delete out our phones who we need to delete out. Because what you got for me is greater than where I am right now. Hallelujah. I need somebody to worship him right there. What you got for me is greater than where I am right now. Come on, I need some worshipers in this house that what you got for me is greater. Come on, I need somebody to say that out your mouth. What you got for me is greater. God, I pray right now as their pastor, as their leader, that you cover their spirits right now. Cover their souls. The enemy is going to try to open up doors again. There's going to be a text message that come through. There's going to be a DM that comes in our inbox. But God, we release it now. Surround our souls now, our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect. We release it right now. We're surrounded by the Holy Ghost. And we thank you now for this freedom that we're walking in. We glorify you and we love you. We bless your name. Here's what I need you to do. I'm going to leave you alone. Lift your hands, and I need you to worship God from your place of freedom. Come on, not from a place of brokenness, from a place of freedom. It sounds different. That's it. There's a different sound that God is coming out of you right now. This is a sound you've never heard before. This is a sound of liberation. This is a sound of freedom. I'm not bound up by it any longer. Hallelujah. Hey, that's it. Come on, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. I'm not bound by it any longer. I cast down every imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. I lay it down now. I say no to my flesh. And I say yes to God. I'm not opening up another door. I'm not running into another relationship. 
Fix me, oh God. Fix me, oh God. Fix me, oh God. There's a healing in this house. There's a healing in this house. I pray for a lifting of the weight. I pray for the lifting of the burden. I decree and declare the weight that was on you. <laughs>